It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, December 14th, 2020. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. After trending downward last week, new coronavirus cases picked up slightly over the weekend in Sitka. City officials reported seven new COVID cases between Friday and Sunday. The new patients range in age from a child under 10 to a woman in her 70s. Three of the new patients are in their 30s. One is a non-resident between the ages of 10 and 19, according to city data. The rest are Sitka residents. At least four of the new patients were experiencing symptoms when they were tested last week. Several of the cases are classified as community spread. As of Sunday evening, Sitka had reported 238 coronavirus cases since the start of the pandemic. Twelve cases were still considered active, according to city data. Sitka's risk level remains high, according to the city's COVID-19 hub. Officials ask that Sitkins continue following social distancing protocols, avoid indoor gatherings, and ask that restaurants and bars continue to operate at reduced capacity. The Central Council of the Clinkett Haida has raised more than $40,000 to help Haynes families recover from the mudslides and floods unleashed by heavy rains on December 2nd. Council President Richard Peterson says tribes worked together to get equipment and resources to Haynes and were among the first to arrive. Peterson says it offered help not just to tribal members, but to the entire community. Our motto is healthy tribes make healthy communities. And we're all in this together, especially when you live in rural Alaska and an emergency happens and say, oh, we're going to help you, not you. Oh, we'll help you, not you. And we need to hold each other up. Since the COVID-19 threat, tribes have been working hard to upgrade their emergency operations centers. The Central Council recently bought a shop in Juneau to store equipment and supplies for emergencies, which was a big help in the Haines response. Peterson says tribal governments also shared equipment and manpower. Nobody wants a disaster. My heart goes out for the community. But it was awesome for us that we were able to quickly respond and be able to provide some support. Peterson says a lot more help will be needed to help families in Haines recover from the damage and encourages people to continue donating to relief efforts. Canadian developers behind a proposed massive metals mine 20 miles from the border are seeking another permit extension from B.C. regulators. If it's built, the KSM mine could be larger than the proposed pebble mine in Bristol Bay. The company behind the project says the pandemic has delayed progress. Critics argue that they're stalling, hoping to attract new investors. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, Alaska fishing interests and conservation groups are opposing the permit extension, while state officials remain silent. The KSM mine received approvals in 2014 on the condition that it break ground within five years. At the end of its 52-year lifespan, it would be designed to hold back billions of tons of liquid mine tailings. Two years ago, it received an extension, giving it until 2024 to start work. Now, citing the COVID pandemic, it's asked for another two years after that. Nikki Scoots heads Northern Confluence, a BC-based nonprofit that's critical of mine practices. She says BC authorities, similar to Alaska, have granted mine companies waivers to keep working as essential industries amidst the pandemic. You know, maybe it cost more, maybe it was a bit more challenging, but we know that work did go underway this summer despite the pandemic. The tailing storage facility would include dams holding back liquid mine waste. At its highest, more than 780 feet, there are some risks and liabilities. You know, I imagine there's some risk 
aversion from some of the bigger players. They'd probably prefer to see to invest in in mines that might not have as risky tailings facilities. Southeast Alaska fishermen have long been wary of transboundary mining because of potential impacts on habitat on salmon-producing rivers and streams. The KSM mine is up the Eunuch River. Amy Doherty heads Alaska Trollers Association. You know, having low escapement year after year and having development up that, that very same river, it can you know, shut us down. Alaska and First Nation tribes have been monitoring mines being developed in BC's so-called Golden Triangle of mining projects on Southeast Alaska's doorstep. Rob Sanderson Jr. chairs the Southeast Alaska Indigenous Transboundary Commission. Those tailing sites, you know, are going to be well over 600 feet high and anything happens up there in that watershed, uh, it's going to affect everything in in our southeast Alaska waterways. In 2014, state regulators in Alaska registered concerns over potential impacts to fish habitat and water quality in the Yunak River watershed. In 2017, state officials followed up with a fact-finding mission over the border, which included a flyover of KSM and meeting with mine executives and regulators. But this month, during a 30-day comment period, the Dunleavy administration opted not to weigh in. State regulators say they reasoned a permit extension wouldn't alter the project. Joe Weitz is an activist with Salmon Beyond Borders in Juneau. This inaction from the state of, of Alaska is doing a disservice to Alaska and Alaskans. Weitz says if the extension is granted, it potentially allow the mine to be developed using a 12-year-old analysis. Again, we maintain that the state of Alaska, the Dunleavy administration, should join our congressional delegation in the push for international binding solutions to this very much international problem. The permit extension received two comments in favor. One was an anonymous email. The other came from a local mine consultant who's done work in the past for Seabridge Gold on a nearby mine. The company insists the mine can and will be built safely and responsibly. Seabridge Gold released a two-page statement arguing that the tailings facility would not impact water quality on the Alaska side of the border. Austin Williams of Trout Unlimited says it's understandable that British Columbia seeks to develop its mineral resources. But he says it's got to be done in a way that's responsible. That doesn't put all of the burden and the risk on Alaskans and, you know, really gives us some certainty that if something goes wrong with the transboundary mines, that Alaskans aren't stuck paying the price. BC's Ministry of Environment and Climate Change Strategy says Seabridge Gold will be required to respond to the written comments. If the ministry rejects the permit extension, Seabridge Gold still has until the summer of 2024 to find a partner and get started. Otherwise, it'd be back to the drawing board. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. Record-breaking rains opened sinkholes in roads, flooded buildings, and triggered destructive landslides in Haines last week. At this point, some quick fixes have been made, but major repairs are still far off on the horizon. As KHNS's Henry Leisha reports, local officials are considering how to rebuild infrastructure to withstand more extreme weather in the future. The rain has stopped and the temperature has dropped. That is very good news for Haines residents. At this point, we're not anticipating anything significant happening in terms of additional landslides or slope failures in the area. The weather has been our friend finally as we've gotten here to the midweek and latter part of the week. That's Deanne Stevens, the Engineering Geology Section Chief for the Alaska Division of Geological and Geophysical Surveys. She has been helping to coordinate the team of geologists responding to the disaster in Haines. 
while the large landslide that occurred above Beach Road is still very unstable, many of the other areas of concern have started to dry out and the soil is solidifying. We're in a really good situation now, in particular, you know, since we arrived on the ground late last week, um, and and we're confident that that we're we're on the, we're on the road to recovery at this point. Much of the critical infrastructure damaged in the storm has been stabilized. Repairs to damaged roads are expected to be completed by Friday. Haynesboro Mayor Douglas Olrud says the work that has been done so far is just a band-aid for the winter until construction crews can rebuild infrastructure starting in the spring. I think the engineers and the people that have been on the ground have a better idea on where the shortcomings were in our previous construction. And the goal is now is to rebuild in such a way that those aren't shortcomings anymore. The National Weather Service described last week's downpour as a one in 200 year weather event. Weather trends show that Southeast Alaska is experiencing warmer, wetter winters in general. Mayor Olrud says that the borough will need to consider a changing climate when rebuilding infrastructure. It has to be part of the discussion, and and that and that's why there's the there's the need to make sure we rebuild this to handle it. Because if those projections are going to get that these these events are closer together. How do we make sure we protect ourselves? When the governor declared a disaster for the storm that hit southeast Alaska last week, the state's public assistance program was activated to help repair utilities, roads, and other critical infrastructure. Chuck Cubison with the state's Emergency Operations Center is in Haines to help the emergency response and relief effort. He says at this point, the state's emergency declaration only applies to public infrastructure. We have not yet had a declaration for individual assistance for this event. Um, we are currently evaluating and gathering data, data on the extent of damages and I'll be submitting that, working with my office, and we will be submitting that on, if appropriate, to the governor uh, for, for recommendation. Currently, the disaster has only been declared at the state level, not federal. The governor's office may apply for assistance from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, better known as FEMA. But Cubison says it is still too early for that. They need to wait until after the disaster has ended to catalog the damage in order to apply for enough relief funds. He said as the situation becomes more stable, his office will assess the damage and decide what additional measures to take. In Haines, I'm Henry Leisha. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for our listening region here in Sitka. For Monday, December 14th, 2020, today we can expect rain in the morning, chance of rain in the afternoon, highs in the mid-40s, south winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain, lows in the mid-30s, east winds 15 to 25 miles per hour, with gusts to around 40 miles per hour. You are tuned in to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. 